Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Yes, I am back and it is the start of a new year on Rank Amateur. And today we will be featuring the Tier 5 Premium French Destroyer, the Soroku. I think that's how you pronounce it, or Soroku? I, something like that. I actually tried and looked up how to pronounce Soroku. But, um, interesting namesake for that destroyer. And we will get into the namesake and the history of the destroyer right after the World of Warships news. Up next on Rank Amateur. So, not a whole lot has happened in World of Warships uh, since our last episode, believe it or not. They've been kind of slow going, uh, slowly turning out news and just random events and missions you can do to earn camouflages and flags and chances to get your Santa gift containers and the new camouflages, or not new, well yeah, new camouflages for uh, low tier ships and their, um, uh, was it New Year's Night, uh, event and you can also earn a count or a commander for either Italian, French, or uh geez, what's the other one? Yeah, Italian, French, or American Snow Giant commanders. Yes, America is the other one with a commander there. And they'll come mounted to an Omaha, a Jaguar, or a Conte de Cavio. Um hope I'm pronouncing those right. Um but yeah, they'll come mounted to those ships and uh, yeah, and you can obviously train them, and they act like any other commander. You can also spend, uh, was it New Year tokens, I think? Yeah, star tokens, star tokens. And you can get a Santa Claus commander of any nation. I think right now in my port I have two Pan-Asian uh, Santa Claus commanders. I already had a really high skill um, Pan-Asian commander when I was grinding up the Pan-Asian destroyer line, which I stopped at tier 8 because they started to suck after that. But I shall be using them to grind up the um, Pan-Asian, or the new Pan-Asian line that's going to be coming out in uh, just a few short weeks. Um, yeah, and they're now selling tech tree ships for money. So, yeah, that's uh, that's gone over real well with the uh, player base, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, well, I mean, rather they're selling the camouflages. Like, you can buy them in packs now. And they're, yeah, they're selling Dasha Parova. Or, yeah, that's, yeah, Dasha Parova and... Uh, you know, her commander for the various nations that they did the Talon, uh, or they did the Soviet heavy cruiser trio, and now they're doing uh, the British heavy cruisers. Uh, you can buy commanders for the Albemarle, which, speaking of which, I free XP'd past the Albemarle because it was just such a terrible ship. You literally, it's, 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 imagine like uh, hipper armor with how it loves to eat citadels from just the weirdest angles, but. That's, like, the whole ship. So it's worse than the Omaha. I'd rather play an Omaha over the uh, Albemarle. The Albemarle is just so big, and it catches shells from every known angle to mankind, and it's just, it's not fun. So I free XP'd to the Goliath. Uh, yes, I did skip the Drake. I had, like, 500,000 free XP from grinding to, uh, the DZP, and I didn't... I was saving it for the... Um, for the grown again, but then I remembered I'm not a really good destroyer player, so I was like, I'd rather have a cool heavy cruiser quicker. So I uh, free XP'd to the Goliath and proceeded to lose all the games that I played in it. So yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I did only play two games, but it was there was one time where a Petro railed me across, or a Petro and a 
I don't even know what it was. Some other un unseen battleship railed me across the map for my entire health, so that was cool. And um, the other time where our, just, our team just suicided and I suddenly was being chased down by a pair of Schlieffens and, uh, oh, uh, and an Akazuki and a Zhao. So I did actually survive. That just is a testament to how tanky the Goliath is. But it didn't end well as for the results of the battle. So, yeah, anyways... Definitely don't bother with the Albemarle, just free XP it, and certainly don't buy a camouflage to go on unless you like, I don't know, having aneurysms when you get deathstruck from 20 kilometers away. I literally, I think half the games I played in the ship, I took massive chunks of damage when I was fully angled, so, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, that's basically it, and there's a... Coming soon, there's a new Shogun's Trials thing that you can earn portal tokens on, and you'll get uh, the top prize is a, uh, a rather rather strange looking like stereotypical Japanese samurai camouflage for the Fuso. I mean, it looks cool. It's got that like, or all the uh, the funnel and the uh, pagodas are covered in those like weird Japanese roofs that like they I don't know. You, you, when you think of Japan, you think of the weird buildings with the Japanese roofs, that's more or less what they've just slapped on here and, you know, covered it in black and gold and called it a new camouflage. I mean, it looks decent, but oh well. Anyways, that is kind of it for World of Warships news. They've just been doing a bunch of weird, like, things about anti-submarine warfare planes, which, yeah, speaking of submarines, no longer going to be in 11.0. The next update, they'll be removed so they can reconfigure them and retest them in close testing. Um... Yeah, and they had that competition for the uh, new Italian Destroyer Permanent Camouflage. It's a premium tier 6, and there's a few entries. Some of them look downright strange. Um, all of them look pretty good, though. So you can vote for that now, because the, the entry to it has been closed. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. They're kind of trying to engage the community, which is what we wanted um, way back in August when the whole community walkout uh, happened. So... But now, they've just announced that, first of all, super ships are going to be in 11.0, so random battles. So yeah, if you didn't like playing your Albermall now, feel, feel the pain when a frickin' Condone, or whatever, however you pronounce that stupid ship, can dev strike you from across the map in a cruiser. I mean, I guess that's not really super strange for an Albermall, because, I mean, Petro exists, but, like, it has really high penetration and can dev-strike battleships, because it has, what, a 0.5 second reload for, like, four salvos out of 240 millimeter guns? Yeah, it's just insane, and I'm sure most of you know that, and, uh, yeah, so let's just say I probably won't be playing many high-tier battles when the 11.0 goes live. Yeah. So, yeah, nope, not gonna, just not going to do it. Um, once Until they remove them, because the community outrage, I'd imagine, is going to be quite intense, uh, I probably won't be playing high-tier battles, which is fine, because i got plenty of low-tier premium ships. And by the way, that uh, Avier, is that Avier? I think it's Avier. Um, Italian Destroyer's camouflage will be announced uh, tomorrow, actually, so... Uh, you'll have that to look forward to, and that's uh, that's pretty much it for World of Warships news. Um, not much. Oh, one last thing I remembered. It's not in the standard World of Warships news, but they've announced super carriers. Yes, super carriers. They're introducing HMS Eagle, and uh, which is going to be the only premium ship that actually served. 
and it was built in saw service um, in the USS United States, which is a cancelled supercarrier design in the 1950s. Um, and w those wouldn't have that big of an issue being integrated in the game because, I mean, let's be honest, aircraft carriers are overpowered anyways, so just more overpowered carriers wouldn't make that much of a difference. But um, Wargaming decided to say, hold my beer, as if I couldn't make this overpowered enough, we will be introducing supercarriers that have jets. Yes, they have jets. And what top speed can those jets make? Almost 400 knots. They can cross your average tier 10 map in a matter of seconds. So, yeah, it's like having an aircraft carrier on the other side of an island consistently striking you with tiny tins. Yeah, so that's why I'm mad about these super ships, because it just gives them, like... It gives them an excuse to make things that are just blatantly overpowered. And it's like, it's worse... I'd rather play tier 9s as a tier 7 then go up against this thing, as it is right now. It's going to be just blatantly overpowered. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Now, in Wargaming's defense, the community had a similar reaction when they announced the Dutch airstrikes, and that's why the Dutch ships are, uh, or at least the low-tier ones, are decidedly mediocre. I did get the Kaijukden, and it's, um, yeah, it's not a DZP, let's just say. It's very, very mediocre, and I'm assuming the Endracht is going to be the same way. So, yeah. Speaking of ships I got, I've gotten the Dreadnought from Dockyard. I've gotten uh, the Huga. I went out and bought that, and I'm just loving that ship. It is amazing. I actually set a new damage record for myself in any ship in the Huga. It is absolutely spectacular, and just, it, yeah, it's amazing. So, it's going to be one of my new favorite ships, and uh, you can expect an episode on that coming up soon. As I told you, I got the Albermall and promptly sold it, got the Goliath, and I think that is it. Everything else you guys know about. Oh, actually, uh, there is one ship you guys don't know about, and I am very proud of obtaining this ship. I got the Napoli. Yes, that is correct. I did get the Tier 10 meme Italian cruiser that should probably be a battleship with the SAP secondaries. You can expect an episode coming out about that ship, because that ship is extraordinarily powerful. It is very, very good, and um, yeah, I am also really enjoying that ship, so uh, expect an episode sometime around the Napoli. So, without further ado, let's go directly into the history of the Sirocco, or Sroku, or however you pronounce it. If you're French, please correct me, because Google Translate was not doing any favors for me. Uh, and I typed this in to Google Translate to see what this was named after, um, and it told me it was named after Syrup. I thought that was probably going to be erroneous, and I was correct. The Sirocco is named after a type of wind. And this is kind of interesting because this is a usually usually a common naming convention for Japanese ships, um, like Shimakaze and uh, was it Kamikaze, Minkaze. Um, they're all named after different types of winds. Uh, I forget, there's one, there's one ship that's named after the wind that comes off of a sword when you, like, hit with it. You know, when you swing a sword, the wind that comes off the blade, that's what it's named after. I, I'd have to check... Yeah, so Wikipedia conveniently has all the translations uh, listed out for me. So you got Minkazi, which is mountain wind, and Shabakaze, which is wind from the swamp. You got offshore wind, wind from an island, and uh, the most interesting ones are wind of an arrow's flight, which is Yakaze, and Hakaze is wind of a bird's flight. Um, 
Autumn Wind is Akikase, which uh, you might recognize the Aki um, prefix as the prefix that's on Akazuki, the tier 8 destroyer, and that means Autumn Moon. Um, the ta- Takikaze is wind caused by the stroke of a sword. I think that's interesting. Hokaze is wind on the sail. And, um, yeah, and wind on the waves is Namikaze. So, yeah, these Japanese are, the Japanese were very good at their naming conventions. And, uh, the French appear to be trying to challenge them. The Sor- Soroku is named after a type of wind that comes off, uh, North Africa as... Um, it comes off North Africa, and it's a very dry, uh, powerful, and very hot wind. And it brings a lot of dust with it in the spring and summer months, it appears. Yeah, it comes off the Sahara Desert and up the Mediterranean into summer, or into Southern Europe, not summer Europe, Southern Europe. So, um, yeah, there's all sorts of different um, depictions of this wind and culture, but it's uh, known pretty infamously. Infos- pretty infamously, for causing unease and an irritable mood in populations. And this is because it's attributed to health problems, like mythically, not scientifically. Um, And uh, it causes abrasion in mechanical devices and can even penetrate buildings reaching a speed of 62 miles an hour or 100 kilometers an hour. So it's kind of of interesting. It's it's just a, a... I guess can be uh, more directly transcribed as like a southern wind or uh, like uneasy wind or something like that is more or less what I can uh, uh, describe it as. So I just, I thought that was interesting. It's a really obscure name. I thought it was going to be named after someone or something like that or be some sort of animal. No, it's actually a lot more complex than that. Anyways, uh, Soroku was a Barras-class destroyer. Uh, built for the French Navy in the 1920s. Specifically, she was ordered on April 4th, 1923, um, and she was laid down on March 15th, 1924, launched on the 3rd of October, 1925, and completed on the 1st of July, 1927, entering service on the 5th of February, 1928. Um, So she had a displacement of 1,320 tons standard, or 1,825 tons full load, so she was quite a small destroyer, or she was a large destroyer for a time, but the time that World War II rolled around, she was kind of a small destroyer, average size to small. Uh, she was 346 feet 5.5 inches long, or 106 point, or 105.6 meters, if I can read. Um, she had a beam of just 9.7 meters, or 31 feet 9.9 inches, a draft of 3.5 meters, 11 feet 5.8 inches, which is very little for a destroyer. So she could she could theoretically uh, navigate shallow canals and things like that. Uh, she had installed power of 31 th- or. Uh, 30,576 shaft horsepower. Uh, she had uh, three Dew Temple boilers, and I'm not pronouncing that right. That's the English pronunciation, but, um, yeah. So French people, feel free to correct me on that. Um, she had two shafts and two geared steam turbines, and she could make a speed of a kind of abysmal 33 knots. For a destroyer, I mean, for her time, it wasn't awful. I mean, it, yeah, it kind of was awful. She's pretty slow. Um, she had a crew of nine officers, 140, or 153, uh, enlisted crewmen. Uh, she was armed with four single 133mm guns, one single 75mm anti-aircraft gun, two triple 550mm torpedo tubes, and, uh, two shoots for 16 depth charges. Unfortunately, this section on Sirocco's history is 
gonna kind of be a bit short. She doesn't really have inf any information on her. I have done extensive looking around and really couldn't find anything, other than the fact that she uh, served from, well, when she was commissioned until uh, 1940, when uh, Sirocco was torpedoed and sunk by the German S-boats, S-23 and S-26, off West Hinder Light Vessel on the 31st of May 1940, while participating in the Dunkirk evac evacuation. Jeez, I can't read today. Dunkirk evacuation, otherwise known as Operation Dynamo. And uh, unfortunately, there were 660 casualties. And you might be thinking, wait, what the heck? That's like six times the amount of crew that, that were on this ship, or were supposed to be on this ship. And that is correct, because it was carrying 930 people at the time, because it was loaded full of British and French troops that were trying to escape to the British Isles. Uh, because, remember, they were encircled at Dunkirk because of the German Blitzkrieg. So, yes, uh, it was an immense loss of life and uh, it was a tragedy. And it led to a, another destroyer, which is a Le Hardy-class destroyer, or Le Hardy, or, I don't know, um, being named Sirocco. However, she was scuttled in 1942 uh, when, you know, uh, at Taliwan, or Taliwan, because of... Uh, you know, the Germans trying to take over the French Navy, and the French being like, nope, you're not going to have our Navy if uh, it's at the bottom of the sea, so we'll put it there for you. And, um, yeah, so not super impressive service history, uh, at least that we know of. There's French are a little bit more secretive about their Navy for whatever reason, not quite as secretive as the Soviets, but little is known about, you know, what she did in her service history, and it's probably nothing more than training and maybe escort duties. So that is it for the history section of this episode on the Soroku, and we will be going straight into the World of Warships performance of Soroku. Alright, so Soroku in the World of Warships universe. Well, she's going to have, I think, 10 millimeters of armor all the way around, so that's pretty standard. You're not going to be bouncing any AP shells with that. Um, but the good thing is it'll over-penetrate from any angle. That's just, you know, being a destroyer for you. And it does, unlike the Eagle or Aguil, get French saturation, which is, oh man, it is a breath of fresh air. I was struggling with the Aguil, or not struggling, but it was a bit frustrating to have such a large ship that um, is so fast, yet has not very maneuverable as far as, like, turning so radius, that every time you got hit, you basically took, you know, normal destroyer amounts of damage. You didn't have the French gimmick of, oh, you can't deal damage to it after it gets a, around three-quarters health. Um, yeah, so that that's the frustrating part of that, of, of the Aguil, and it doesn't have main battery reload booster, which is another ace up the sleeve of the Soroku. Um, but it made it a bit frustrating to play at times, and a bit hard to deal damage, but the Soroku does not have such problems. This thing is extraordinarily small, extraordinarily maneuverable, and extraordinarily hard to kill. It's hard to pin down and kill one of these things if you can't hit it, and if you do hit it, you do basically no damage. So in my experience playing this ship, it's been very enjoyable. And a little backdrop to how I got this ship, I did get this ship out of the Tier 5 premium ship container that I acquired by uh, completing the uh, DZP dockyard, the Seven Provincia dockyard, uh, which occurred, well, August to October of last year. Um, so let's get right into her stats. So she's going to have those four 130mm, 40 caliber MLE 19, or model 1919, 
uh, main battery guns. They're going to have a range of 11.1 kilometers, a reload time of 6 seconds, a rate of, which means that you're going to be firing 10 shots out of each of these barrels every minute. 180 degree turn time of a not bad 18 seconds. This is an improvement over the Agil. Now, the, in the Agil's tier 6, I, I don't know. Just going to go off the bat and say that the Soroku is tier for tier the better destroyer over the Agil. So if you're looking for a destroyer, unless you really want to do operations, Soroku is probably the way to go, especially if you don't want to fork over the money for the Leterrible. Um, anyways, back to the to stats. Uh, it has an accuracy with a Sigma of 2.0, maximum dispersion horizontal of 104 meters, and maximum dispersion vertical of 63 meters. So it is going to be a little less accurate than most other contemporary destroyers, or at least some other contemporary destroyers, particularly the Germans. Um, so she's going to fire a 130mm HE OEA uh, model 1923 HE shell with a raw DPM of 76,000. Uh, this is without main battery reload booster. And uh, maximum damage is 1,900, which I believe is a bit enhanced because usually it does around 1,200 damage. So yeah, these sh shells hit a bit harder than normal. Um, the initial shell velocity is 725 meters a second, which isn't quite a gear levels of bad, but it's no Russian ship, let's just say. So it's going to take a little while to get out to maximum range. Um, yeah, so these shells are going to weigh uh, 35 kilograms, they're going to have a depth explosion of 2 meters, HE penetration of 22 millimeters, which is more than enough for the tier, or maybe not more than enough, but certainly enough, 9% uh, chance of fire, which is very good, um, you're going to have 31.4% uh, chance of starting a fire per salvo, and have approximately 3.14, so uh, 3.14 fires per minute on here. Um, yeah, so you're going to have 130mm APOPFA uh, model 13 or 1923 AP shell with a raw DPM of 92,000, maximum damage of 2,300, uh, same velocity, so 725 meters a second, 32 kilogram shell weight, which is kind of weird how a AP shell weighs less than an HE shell. I wonder if that was accidentally reversed by Wargaming, but oh well. Standard ricochet angles of 45 to 60 degrees. You're going to have a depth explosion of 1 millimeter and overmatch of 9 millimeters. Uh, which obviously it's a 130 millimeter rifle doesn't really matter. Uh, arming threshold of 22 millimeters armor and a fuse timer of 0 uh, 0.025 seconds. The sectors on these guns, uh, they're atrocious. They are not very good. The firing angles of pretty much everything on this ship are uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, yeah, it's. It's fine because the ship's so small and it doesn't have a citadel, so showing broadside isn't too big of a deal. Um, yeah, it, it it's just not great, though. It increases your profile, so you're more likely to take torpedoes if you're knife fighting, but if you're knife fighting, uh, chances are the destroyer that you're fighting, hint, hint, won't last super long. Anyways, torpedoes. So we got two, three, two, or two triple tube, uh, 550mm uh, lance torpedoes. You're going to have um, a maximum damage, or a maximum range, I should go over that first, of 7 kilometers. So it is less than the Agil by 1 kilometer. Uh, but you you don't use these torpedoes all that much. You throw them as aerial denial tools, and especially if you're YOLOing someone, and you're just you know charging at someone, they're obviously useful or trying to deter someone from following you. Um, they're that. They do an anemic amount of damage of 12,000. So yeah, they're, they're not great. 
The real time is 75 seconds, which isn't bad. Um, it's decently quick. Uh, the torpedo speed is 57 knots, so they are a teeny bit on the slow side. Uh, detectability range is the pretty average 1.2 kilometers. So this will mean if you're stationary, you'll have an 8.1 second reaction time. They have 199% chance of causing fire, which I th or causing fire, causing a flood, which I think is kind of low. Um, and the firing arcs are atrocious on them. Yeah, it's it's I would say worse than Zhao levels of firing arcs forward, except it's forward and backward. Like it's not quite Forrest Sherman levels of bad, but it's not great. You have to be basically full broadside to get both your torp tubes off. Uh, so people will know when you're firing torpedoes, which doesn't help your chances of hitting them. Your AA defense is pitiful. It is not quite Ohatnik oh, levels of terrible, but it's it's really bad. It You're not shooting any planes down. I was consistently getting focused by an aircraft carrier in uh, one of the battles I played, and I don't think I shot down a single plane. The medium range Aora has 3.5 damage per second. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. It, it's... You're not doing it. The maximum damage you get is 14 damage per second in your near range, which is 1.5 kilometers. Now, you're, unless they're on extraordinarily low health, like literal planes about to fall out of the sky, and the, the pilot's flapping his wing or his his arms to keep the uh, plane in the air, you're you're not gonna shoot anything down. It it's fine though. It's a destroyer. So you have 11,900 hit points, which is a little average to low, I believe, at this tier. I'd have to check to know the exact numbers, but it's certainly not a lot of hit points. Um, it it necess you need to take the survivability expert. It necessitates that the the taking of that skill. Uh, so you can actually I didn't notice you can actually have four fires on a destroyer. You know I've been playing World of Warships for how many years and I, I thought it was limited to three for a destroyer, but you can actually have four. Um, they're gonna last 30 seconds standard. You know you'll end up taking a thousand damage per fire. Uh, you have a 16.6 probability or 16.6 percent probability reduction on that. Uh, floods are gonna last 40 seconds. You'll take a, a 1,190 damage. And you do not have any torpedo damage reduction. Any torpedo that hits your ship will do full damage. So for concealment, this is kind of where the uh, Soroku starts to shine a little bit. It's way better than most contemporary French destroyers. You have a 6.63 kilometer base uh, detection range, which, I mean, for most destroyers is a bit on the average side to a bit, like, average to kind of good. I mean, it's not, not great. You're not a Minkazi or a uh, Ohatnik on this, but you will outspot a fair few things, um, especially high-tier French stuff and, you know, Russian things and stuff. Uh, you'll be detected from 8 kilometers away when on fire, and from firing main battery guns and smoke will cause you to be detected from 2.6 kilometers away. You'll be detected from the air from 2.7 kilometers away. Yeah, so... That's pretty much it. Uh, or, yeah, when on fire, you'll be detected 5.7 kilometers away from the air, and when firing main battery guns at smoke, you'll be fired, you'll be detected from 2.6 kilometers away. Did you like that good news? Yes? Okay. Well, I'm going to follow it up with some bad news, because the maneuverability on this thing is kind of atrocious. So first of all, this is a slow destroyer, just like in real life, with a top speed of 33 knots without a speed flag or a speed boost. Yes, folks, you heard that right. That is a French ship that is slow. 
The Nicholas beats this. I think I think the only destroyer that doesn't beat this top speed is the Hotnik. Because the Hotnik has like a 32.5 not top speed. Um, I mean, it's reasonably quick accelerating. Full power backwards, 10 seconds. Full power forward is 20 seconds. That's normal for a destroyer, though. Uh, power ratio is 17.7 or 17.37 horsepower per ton, which you would think that it makes, you know, this thing faster, but it doesn't. Um, turning circle radius is a pretty nimble 550 meters. Actually, that's really nimble. It's, this thing's good. It's not quite Sims level of maneuverability, but it's good. Um, and the rudder shift time is three seconds, which beats out Eigel for sure. So yeah, maneuverability itself, I guess, this physical turning is not bad at all. It's actually quite good. Um, it's just the speed. It's so pedestrian. Now you do get that 20% uh, French speed boost, which will give you 40 knot speed with the speed flag. So yeah, you can still move around pretty well, and it has 120 second duration. Um, so yeah, that's that's not bad, but... It's it's not great. It, it's not Igo levels or Agil levels of maneuverability or speed or any other high tier French destroyer, but it, it suffices, I guess, kind of, maybe. Um, he also gets damage dam standard damage con, so you can have that uh, forty second reload time, five second action time, uh, and the thing that makes this destroyer very very special. Is the main battery reload booster consumable? This is well, this was my first ship with this consumable. Um, the number of consumables that you get, you get four of them. Uh, by the way, you get three charges. Yeah, three charges of engine boost. Uh, four main battery reload uh, booster consumables. You get 120 second reload time and a 15 second duration on the consumable action time. So yes, that makes it. This it makes this thing very feisty in close range. I challenge any tier 5 destroyer to beat this thing in a close range gunfight with main battery reload booster active. It gives you a 3.2 second reload, I believe. Um, yeah, it, it depends. It'll be 3 seconds ba uh, Yeah, 3 second reload. 3 second reload. Uh, I don't know what that funky math I was doing in my head was, but yeah, 3 second reload base, so you're talking tier 7 reload. Tier, or, no, not even tier 7, tier 8 levels of reload for 15 seconds while you're knife fighting another destroyer, which is more than enough to put down a even half health destroyer, half three-quarter health destroyer with within the duration of that consumable. Now you add on the first and then following salvos of the uh, before and after the duration of the main battery reload booster if you use it appropriately. Yeah, it's curtains for most destroyers that run across this thing. Even tier 7s. I have dueled with tier 7s and handed people their butts on a silver platter with this thing. And I'm not a good destroyer player. I will freely admit that I am trash at the playing destroyers. <laughs> I can't hit torpedoes to save my life at anything but close range. So that's why I use a Miserial Denial and not really, you know, strategically. Um, I'm I'm working on it, but I just haven't played destroyers a lot. That's, that's kind of why I quit playing the the, the Pan Asian destroyers. I couldn't really hit the torpedoes that well. But shh, don't tell anyone. Um, yeah. So this that it, yeah, close range. It's curtains for pretty much anything that comes across it, um, save for a Sims or yeah, save for a Sims or something else that's French. It's curtains. Um, because the turret rotation when you're tracking someone, unlike the Aguil, is actually good. Um, it's not Sims level, obviously, but it, it's good. 
And, you know, I'm comparing this Tier 5 Destroyer to a Tier 7. So if that, you know, goes to say, like, how good this thing is, or at least how much I like it, um, yeah. So let's go over upgrades. Uh, you're going to first take main battery and torpedo 2, so main battery mod 1. You're going to take uh, engine room protection. Uh, or if you're willing to fork over the coal, you can use engine boost modification 1. But I'm just going to use engine room protection because that's what most people will be putting on this thing. And then you're going to use uh, aiming systems modification 1 because, as I said, the accuracy is not great. I mean, it's not bad. It's not you know, cruiser levels of accuracy, but it's it's not as good as it could be. Then you're going to use gun feeder, because you will switch between ammo types on this ship. Um, yeah, because the armor piercing does hit pretty hard. It is French armor piercing. Uh, and, yeah, I have Citadel cruisers with this. Not as many as, like, you know, Hotnik, but, um, yeah. So, for Tier 2 skills, eh, it, it's a toss-up. I personally went with Last Stand, because I think that's what you should go with on every destroyer. But you could with, go with Priority Target, especially since you'll be, you know, gunboating out in the open a lot with this ship. And it's good to know how many people are shooting at you. Because, uh, you know, you might shoot if only a few people targeting you. But if, like, six or seven people are targeting you, or five people are targeting you, you're gonna, you're gonna want to know that before you continue firing. For Tier 3, uh, definitely take Survivability Expert first. Uh, don't go with Adrenaline Rush, because this thing does only have 11,000 hit points, and when knife fighting, the extra hit points definitely makes a difference. And that, since they fixed the survivability expert bug, um, that caused uh, excessive uh, hit point pools in every module of the ship, which slowed down saturation and made French destroyers impossible to play for a little while. Um, yeah, you definitely want to take it. And then you're going to take Concealment Expert. So that's your 10-point commander. Uh, the next skill I would take is when you reach 13 points, and I would go back and take Adrenaline Rush. And then I would take Superintendent after that, and then I would take Priority Target. Or, well, you could take Priority Target, then Superintendent. But uh, the Superintendent's going to be really useful because it's going to give you those five uh, main battery reload booster consumables. Uh, and four engine boosts, which is really useful. And I seldom, if ever... Uh, run out of uh, main battery reload booster consumables prematurely. I usually end up having to dump them at an enemy battleship at the end of the game just to farm some extra damage when we're going to win. But, you know, it, it is useful because some games are more drawn out and some games have more destroyers that you're going to have to knife fight with. So, yeah. So that's for your 18-point commander and then eh, you can... You can do whatever you really want. I mean, Swift and Silent, or no, you only have 18 points. Okay, so um, then I would, I would maybe take Fill the Tubes. I would shy away from my FHE. Um, you know, you can take Demolition Expert. That might be cool, and then just go for like preventative maintenance or something like that. But it's a pretty good 21 point commander build. But I think. Uh, People who are playing the Sor Soroku frequently probably don't have very many 21-point commanders to spare, so, you know, we'll stick with that 10-point commander build. Um, for flags, you're going to want to take Juliet Charlie. Um, then you're going to take Sierra Mike for sure. That's a must. That's, that is a absolute must on this ship because of how slow it is. November Foxtrot because of the main battery reload booster. Um, then you're probably going to maybe take the fire flags and the, the flooding flags, and that's pretty much it for this ship. You don't really need much. You can take the fire, the, um, 
right i meant the, the like the indie x-ray and victor lima fire flags like the the ones that cause you you're going to have more, more of a fire chance not the indie yankee that reduces the fire chance in your ship because if you're let's be honest if you're set on fire in a destroyer you probably have other issues to deal with like a broken rudder broken uh engine a flood maybe uh, so you're you're probably going to repair those pretty quick anyways, so I, that's why I don't waste my valuable fire flags, and I save them for my battleships. But that's it for the build. Um, so that should reduce... That should increase your survivability to 13,650 hit points, which isn't bad for the tier. Um, it's going to increase your base speed to 34.6 knots, which is still kind of slow. Uh, it's going to reduce your reload on your main battery uh, reload booster to 114 seconds on... Or yeah on both your main battery reload booster and your uh, speed boost and reduce your reload time and your damage con to 38 seconds. Uh, it's going to increase your fire chance to 11%, which is starting to get into cruiser levels of fire chance. Yeah, it's very good. And, um, yeah. And it's, oh, it's going to increase your accuracy to um, 97 meters dispersion uh, horizontal and 58 vertical, which reigns it into a pretty a decently respectable um, uh, dispersion for a destroyer at the tier. So, how are you going to play this thing? Well, I can tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to go cap right away. Don't even think about it, because Soroko or Soroku does not have a smoke screen. You may have, uh, the more astute uh, observers or listeners of you may have observed that I never mentioned a smoke screen on Soroku, and that's because it is the typical French destroyer that does not have it. This made me very nervous when I got the ship. I was hoping for Exeter because I am not good at destroyer gameplay, and uh, the smoke screen's often a get out of jail free card. But I found that I don't really need a smoke screen, and with a smoke screen, this ship would probably be blatantly overpowered. Actually, there's no probably in that it would be blatantly overpowered. So, uh, how do you play this thing? Well, I can tell you one thing. It's an ambush predator. You single out enemy destroyers and you take them out with your superior French baguette flinging skills. Yes, these baguettes can fly out and a three second reload on each gun and give you monstrous DPM for the tier. Uh, yeah, so unless the enemy destroyer is high tier, French, or well, not even French, uh, unless it's high tier, really good, or gets a torpedo hit on you, or you're just low health to begin with, or you don't have your main battery reload booster available, they're not going to have a fun time fighting you. It's gotten to the point where I'll look at the team list on the enemy team and see like a Gramiashi or Gnevni on the enemy team and be like, yeah, I can take him in a gunfight. I'll, I'll take it. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to go and you're going to kind of like meander between you know a and b or b and c uh and you're just gonna kind of wait for things to get spotted see where things are you know uh, see where cruisers are see where the aircraft carrier is sending most of its planes and then see where the enemy destroyers are and you're gonna go for the places where the enemy destroyers are particularly if there's only one of them now i have done a double or a 2v1 duel and one in this ship it's very good, like I said, um, but those 1v1s is generally what you want to take. You'll come around an island, you'll fire one salvo, pop main battery, reload booster, and just start laying into their, you know, ship. 
And uh, usually it ends within that 15 seconds, I found. I can mostly, it, it takes me about 20 seconds to, to kill him, like 15, 20 seconds is the normal amount of time it takes me to kill an enemy destroyer. Um, yeah, so that is your gameplay. What happens when all the enemy destroyers are dead? Well, then you just start farming and, you know, doing French things. You speed around the map and uh, just make yourself a really hard target to hit and just keep firing and firing and firing. So basically, you're never going to stop firing after all the enemy destroyers are killed. And this ship is great for farming credits and XP. Because remember how credits and XP are awarded. Um, I mean, it is awarded off of damage done, but it's more award enough percent of the ship that you're shooting at uh, HP like taken away so like if the same amount of XP is rewarded for killing a Shimikaze uh, full health to no health as killing a Kremlin full health to no health and most of you will recall that a Kremlin has around 110,000 hit points the Shimikaze has around 20,000 hit points you will be rewarded the same amount of XP for both now, obviously, you'll be rewarded in addition for the damage done, but it's not as much. It's it's almost negligible. So you'd have to rack up an extraordinary amount of damage to get the same XP as killing five destroyers, or three destroyers, full health to no health. So that's why I get pretty enormous sums of credits with this ship, because I just find the destroyers and kill them. And it's not like I'm being selfish or doing disservice to my team. In fact, I would argue I'm the, one of the least selfish destroyers on um, most Tier 5 teams because I find the biggest threat to my team, which is uh, next to the aircraft carriers, usually the destroyers, uh, and I find them and kill them. And then I, you know, just farm damage. And, you know, if there's an aircraft carrier that's just around the island, like happened in one of my games, I would, you know, torpedo it and then go find the destroyers. It's, I mean... It's a pretty much a run-and-gun uh, destroyer gameplay if all the destroyers on the enemy team are dead or on the other side of the map or something like that. Like, I'm not advising you to cross a map or something like that to find enemy destroyers, but if they're in the area, in the vicinity, maybe nearest 15 kilometers or so, go find them and kill them. That is your number one objective in the Soroku, and it's very good at doing that. So, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised with how good this ship plays, and just how good of a ship it is in general. I feel like it's extremely underrated, um, and I, I I really do like it. Uh, it was worth the no money I spent to get this ship. Uh, it's certainly worth the grind to the, what was it, 14th phase to get this ship. I, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of this. Um, I actually have a 100% win rate in this ship, and it's not because I've played two battles in this ship and been done. No, I've played like 15 battles, or 20 battles, and I just haven't lost them. It Yeah. It's amazing how well your team will do once you remove the the unseen threat to them. If you remove all the destroyers, a lot of battleships, especially those German things, are willing to push when they know they won't get torpedoed around the corner of an island. So, yeah. It it, it boosts the confidence of your team when, when they see in the chat all, you killing all their destroyers. I think the most destroyers I killed in the battle was like four. I think it killed every one of them on the enemy team. It was it was pretty crazy. I racked up a. I didn't rack up that much damage. I think I had maybe 70k, but the amount of experience I got from killing these destroyers, full health to no health, was was enormous. I I think I got in the realm of like 15,000 XP or something like that. It was pretty crazy. Um, and obviously credits to boot. So yeah, definitely this ship definitely gets my. Uh, amateur seal of approval because 
it is easy for an amateur like me to play it, and it will certainly be easy for you guys to play it and get good results out of it. It is one of the few Tier 5 ships that's either not a meme or doesn't suck, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't really even think of buying this ship before, and now that it kind of fell into my lap, I'm really glad it did. Uh, I still would have liked to see what the Exeter was, but I almost think that this may be a better ship. Uh, obviously, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges because it, Exeter's a cruiser, this is a destroyer, but I would say this is probably the best destroyer at Tier 5. It's right up there with the Kamikaze. Kamikaze is is good in a different way. It's good at just, you know, ambushing in the enemy team's battleships and cruisers. This thing is good at taking out destroyers. And, I mean, if you run around a corner uh, with a cruiser that's broadside to you, it's good at taking out cruisers. Even though these shells only do 2,000 damage when you're fighting four of them every three seconds or less because of adrenaline rush, uh, if you have that skill uh, equipped on your commander, it... It, it hurts pretty fast for them, and especially because um, you have torpedoes too. Don't forget about the torpedoes. They are useful. Just don't play yourself as a torpedo destroyer unless you're on extremely low health. So that's how you play Sirocco. I've enjoyed it. I'm sure you will too. I've enjoyed it much more than Eigel. I more, primarily use my Eigel or Eagle, however you want to pronounce it, um, in operations because it's just really good at that because of the extraordinarily large health pool. But this ship is good in randoms. It's very good in randoms, and if Tier 5 ever comes back to ranked, this would be my top pick for at least a destroyer. Because it does not mess around. Well, I mean, if you have a Grimmyashi, that's also good. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely one of my top picks for a ranked destroyer. Just because ranked is about cap control and area control, and this thing asserts its dominance. So it's for sure the Ambush Predator, and some would argue the Apex Predator. That is all for this episode on the Tier 5 Premium French Destroyer, the Soroku. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please do email me at rangamateurpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you have suggestions or anything like that. But that's it for today. So until next time, Captains... Captains...